Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. We are calling this one Wild Wild Wilmington. And to explain that title, uh, we kind of need to talk about where we are in the world right now. Everything is crazy. It's nuts. We are about four days from the inauguration of Joseph Biden as our president, which they are hyping it, the inauguration, like it's some WWE throwdown, (laughs) like... Yeah, the commercials for uh-huh. the commercials on television right now for the inauguration are hilarious. Yes. They're like tune in Wednesday. The Undertaker versus The Rock followed Don't by Miss It. Yes. It's fucking Vince McMahon's gonna be there. Like it's just it is. It's like a like a like a, what do they call that? The Friday night smackdown? Yes. Like <laughs> tune in tune into smackdown inauguration what's <laughs> yeah. gonna happen yeah. and you're just like oh lord it's gonna be and then they show like the capital they got cages everywhere it's like it's gonna be a cage yeah, match there's a, well all the fences and then all the mm-hmm. national guards there get ready to see joseph biden choke slam donald trump onto some barbed wire <laughs> and it's bernie with the chair <laughs> <laughs> so if you, yeah, that's where we're at in the yeah. world. Welcome, welcome to America. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Shit's going down. Mm-hmm. And so there's the whole insurrection uh, at the Capitol riot. We talked about that on our last episode. We did. Um, it's still crazy. <laughs> it's still nuts. They're still threats. S- slowly and... but surely starting to arrest a lot of the people who <laughs> were there, were yeah. there, and breaking into the Capitol building. That's we also learned, funny. which I didn't know uh, when we were recording the last episode, but people uh, uh, defecated yes. and, <laughs> and urinated mm-hmm. in the Capitol building. Yeah, like, it would have fit in great with our theme of our last you think episode. Somebody, I bet somebody shat in one of Nancy Pelosi's desk drawers. Probably. Probably. <laughs> and that's it's terrible. So yeah, we did learn that. That was yeah, one of the things we so learned. Bad. We we learned a cop lost an eye or is going to lose an eye. I'm not. I was never that heard the one the that follow-up. got crushed? No, oh. the one that got crushed. They interviewed. It was another one that got oh, beat up yeah. so bad. They said he was probably going to lose an eye. God, that's awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So all that, you know. Yeah. You know, America. There's there's like whatever. Tons and tons more. Uh, just little things. Every day was little things coming out, and I couldn't. I don't know about you, but I had a hard time focusing on anything else. Well, yeah, because it was just, I mean, that's some, Crazy a, shit. a, it's insane, and B, it's one of those things where you just read about that sort of stuff in history books, you don't actually see it mm-hmm. for yourself on television. And I gotta say, for me, it was like a Where's Waldo thing, all the photographs are mm-hmm. just so, there's so much to look at. Yeah. Every little person, every little thing that's going on. Yeah, and, and the flag that they're holding, and the thing they're using to beat somebody over the head with, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh... What they're carrying out the podium. <laughs> it's like if you thought the Charlottesville riots were crazy, look at this shit. Yeah, that, yeah, it, yes. I think too, all the MAGA wear, yeah. all the red mixed in with the different mm-hmm. colors, like red's a very eye catching color. Yeah. So you're going to be kind of drawn to mm-hmm. just looking at the imagery from those um, people going into the building. And yeah, the lady, the, the real estate broker lady who got arrested yeah. and she's all like, I was just doing what my president asked me to do <laughs> yeah. and I should be pardoned. Yeah. 
Like, no, ma'am, no. There's certainly a lot of um, flags. Those people loved flags, man. There were a lot of flags around. Uh, The weird part's that they used those flags then as weapons if necessary. They did. They were willing to beat you with the flags. I guess they're dual purpose. Yeah. And I learned that the study of flags is vexillology. Oh. Yeah, so. I would not have known that ever. well they had experts on flags you know talking about well, the yeah. different ones that were there imagine being in a vexful vex- vexillologist a vexillologist right so you're like a nerd out uh-huh and then for flags kind of guy right mm-hmm. and then you get asked to be on msnbc right talk it's your, about, this is your time to shine this is it man yeah. this is your 15 minutes of fame uh-huh i finally get to talk about like, vexillology yes. on tv yeah. my whole life i've been looking at flags <laughs> yeah and now i get to share my knowledge yeah and i've seen quite a bit of that and it's been pretty interesting to me yeah. uh there were lots and lots of different kinds of flags we talked about that on our episode yeah. um since then i've learned that there were some more there that that weren't listed in that article some interesting other things oh so yeah yeah it's Pretty great. There's info everywhere about that. I think the last I heard, the FBI had rounded up and either arrested and or interrogated about 300 people so far. Yeah, it's probably going to be in the hundreds, what they were saying at that press conference. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people. And Trump has said he will not be at the inauguration. No. And um, he actually, they said, is planning a, a big to-do for his exit. He's demanded a red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, he will be, they said, flying on his way to Mar-a-Lago. If they're going to keep with the WWE theme, they'll be like a little person version of Donald Trump that'll come wrestle Joe come Biden. running out yeah. with his arms up. Just yeah. like, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a LP Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, and Vince McMahon. Yeah, that's what they would do. I still want Bernie with the chair. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> One of the things that stuck out most to me in the coverage of all this was I was listening to one of my favorite shows, uh, the podcast, uh, What Why Is This Happening podcast with Chris Hayes. And he was interviewing Ta-Nehisi Coates, who oh, yeah. is one of my mm-hmm. favorite writers. I've talked about him on the show. Oh, yeah. Excellent guy. He had a quote at the beginning of the episode that I thought was really applicable to what we're going to talk about in this episode. Mm-hmm. He said... The failure to imagine a group of white people storming and overtaking the Capitol shows a lack of acquaintance with American history in and of itself. Yeah. And if you think about what that means, you really think about that. He was right on point. If you didn't see this coming, if you didn't think that it was possible Mm -hmm. that a bunch of white people could get together and violently overthrow the government in order to rule from the minority, Mm -hmm. uh, you just don't know American history. It's happened a lot. It's basically how our country was founded. Yeah, and And it has definitely happened before. And thankfully, I mean, this group tried. I mean, they tried to to stage a coup. They they, they weren't um, successful. They were not successful. Yet. Yet. Um, yeah. if you go by what their plan that they, if, if you look at the, there's a book called the Turner Diaries that mm-hmm. they all love and they read. Timothy McVeigh used to sell the book before he was the Oklahoma city bomber. That guy was a nut. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a popular book with those people and the strategy that they sort of lay out in that book is a terrorist, a set of terrorist attacks to kind of create a situation where the population of the country is so scared that they can then as a minority and take, take over, over and begin to get rid of all the non-desirables in America. That's right. the the model that's laid out for them. And I think that's what they were trying to do. And I think the Turner Diaries, when it was written, was was based off of the models from the past in American history mm-hmm. when 
minorities manage to take power from the majority right. and rule against the will of the majority. It's an American tradition. It's as old as It really is. It's, that's America AF, y'all. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I think it is something that we needed to, we needed to talk about because it's happened in uh, North Carolina, believe it or not. It has happened in North Carolina in a city called Wilmington. Wilmington, North Carolina. Down on the coast. So a couple of weeks ago, I was scrolling through Facebook, as I am wont to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw a story, I think it was from The Atlantic, and the headline said something like, only successful coup uh, was happened in North Carolina, uh, yeah. or something like that, and it yeah. got my attention. And that would get my attention. Because it was right after the events at the Capitol building, which a lot of people are saying was an attempted coup. Right. And I was like, the only successful coup happened in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. How did I not know this? And so I was like, let me find out more about this. Yeah. And so I did. And it turns out it it did happen. Yep. Um, in 1898. In the year the year was eighteen ninety eight. So the Civil War's over. Uh-huh. Um cars this, hadn't really become a thing yet. Civil War was over and the South was completely wrecked. Henry Ford was just beginning to imbibe his anti Semitic Semitic ways. Ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in general, the South as a whole was a was disaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it but it happened. Mm-hmm. Wilmington, North Carolina. It's known as the Wilmington Insurrection of 1898, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the Wilmington Massacre, a.k.a. the Wilmington Coup. Yeah, or WTF Wilmington. Yeah. It was a mass riot and insurrection carried out by white supremacists in Wilmington in 1898, and it's considered to be America's only successful coup d'etat, which is the literal overthrowing of a government. And if I remember correctly, wasn't Wilmington the uh, capital at the time, or it was the biggest city? It was the largest city in North Carolina, in North Carolina. at the time, yes. Okay. It was even bigger than the capital. Yes, it That's was. That's crazy. In the years leading up to 1898, Wilmington was probably one of the most, if not the most, progressive cities in the South. It was, at that time, the largest city in North Carolina and was a bustling port city doing fairly well compared to other towns across the state. Mm -hmm. The population of Wilmington was majority black, and by 1896, which was roughly 30 years after emancipation and the end of the Civil War, there were nearly 126,000 black men registered to vote in Wilmington. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, especially for 1898. The city's flourishing black middle class included 65 doctors, lawyers, educators, barbers, restaurant owners, public health workers, police officers, and firefighters. And they also had several black elected officials. Yeah, uh, I think... Uh, people don't realize that there was a time right after the Civil War when black people were really doing well. In some places, in yes. In some places in the South. Wilmington was definitely Wilmington one of was those one places. Of them. Mm-hmm. It should be noted that they were registered Republicans mm-hmm. because this was before the parties essentially flipped. Before the great flip-flop. Right. So the more progressive side mm-hmm. was the Republicans and the more conservative white, wealthy, white supremacists mm-hmm. were the Democrats. Yeah, it's so weird that that Isn't happened. Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... Anyway, just to clarify. Yeah, maybe one day we'll do an episode <laughs> about how the fuck that happened. Yeah, how did that happen? 
The reason Wilmington was as racially integrated as it was was due to something called fusion politics, Hmm. which I didn't know anything about this. I had to learn more. But basically, the Populist Party, which was comprised of poor white farmers, teamed up with the Republican Party, which was the political affiliation of choice for freed black Americans, to form the Fusion Party. Hmm. Mm -hmm. where unity stemmed from agreement on issues and common causes rather than political positions. So they they gathered together over things like they were trying to reform currency at that time. And um, they wanted basically black folks and poor white farmers were experiencing a lot of the same hardships. Yeah. And so although they didn't really... (laughs) see eye to eye in other ways, they were able to kind of come together Mm -hmm. under these issue politics. Right. And they were called the the fusion party. That's that's fascinating. I Mm -hmm. wish that would happen again. Yeah, that would be really great. Yeah. So the two groups aligned against the Democrats, a party of wealthy white segregationists who cared more for the interests of banks, railroads, and affluent constituents than of common people. They were like the Monopoly guy. They were. They had monocles and whatnot. They did, and whips. <laughs> the fusionists were able to seize the political majority and swept the entire state yeah. in 1894, electing Republicans to local, state, and federal seats, ousting Democrats from political power. They must have been pissed off. They were very, very pissed off. Yeah. 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 So the Democrats pissed. Uh-huh. Mad. And the Wilmington Democrats were exceptionally pissed. Mm-hmm. So much so that they formulated a multi-pronged strategy to retake power and strip black citizens of their political and economic positions. Yeah, from the minority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The plan was to lure white voters away from the fusion party and turn them against black people. The plans likely wouldn't have been successful if it weren't for the help that they received from very some very powerful people in North Carolina. And these people included Josephus Daniels, uh-huh. who was the publisher of the News and Observer. Wow. Newspaper guy. Wow, okay. Yeah, which at that time, and I think maybe even still, was the largest newspaper in North Carolina. I think so. The Charlotte, yeah, News and Observer. They also got help from future state governor Charles Acock. And mm. former congressman and Confederate soldier Alfred Moore Waddell. Mm. These were very wealthy, very powerful people in mm. North Carolina. They had a singular goal in mind, which was made evident in the Democrat Party's official 1898 handbook. Quote, this is a white man's country and white men must control and govern it. <laughs> wow. Jesus, well, no beating around the bush there. Yeah. My God. Yeah. I kind of liked it how racists used to be a lot more just straightforward about it. They were way more overt and just out in the open about it. So how did they do it? They started with the media. Daniels, the newspaper publisher, used his paper to begin publishing outlandish false accounts of black people, commonly referred to as 
the Negro menace. Mm. The News and Observer inflamed fears that North Carolina was going to be overrun by black politicians and published stories as well as cartoons depicting black men preying on white women. Yeah, yeah, that was like a real common trope back then was Mm. to say, like, they're going to come get your women's. Yep. Speaking of, at the same time, a lady named Rebecca Felton had one of her speeches published in North Carolina. Felton was a white woman. She was a suffragist and a populist. So you're like, okay, she's pretty cool, right? Mm. Wrong. Yeah. She was also deeply racist. Yeah. And her published speech, she said, there was no greater threat to farm wives than that of the black rapist. And that she supported lynching a black man every day if it meant protecting white women. Good Lord. Yeah. What? WTF. Wow. By the way, Felton would go on to become the first woman to serve in the U.S. Senate. Well, I mean, just like today, we reward these people. It was like... she was like a pre-Marjorie Taylor Green, Though she only served for one day. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole when I was learning yeah. that. Because I was like, who is this lady? Yeah, she sounds like QAnon crazy. Well, the thing is, is like, apart from the crazy white supremacy stuff, she sounds awesome. Well, she was educated. She was a mm-hmm. writer. She was a speaker Mm -hmm. she was a suffragist like Mm -hmm. she believed in women's lib Mm -hmm. you know and women voting white women but then she also was this just total racist piece of shit and i'm like lady yeah no yeah Yeah. but anyway she only served in the senate for one day yeah and it was um basically it was a gesture of like white men trying to um appeal to women voters yeah because by that time women had gotten the right to vote yeah and they want and they were having a hard time win- winning over women voters yeah so they wow. were like here look we'll make a lady a senator <laughs> i wish they still had a hard time with it <laughs> because donald trump got a lot of women to vote for him that I don't part see blows how my mind still constantly i don't understand it well felton's speech got the attention of alex manley who was the editor of the Daily Record, which was Wilmington's leading black newspaper. Manley, the light-skinned grandson of a white governor, wrote a seething rebuke to Felton's speech. He basically called her out on the trope that black men go around raping white women, when historically it had been white men raping black women, particularly their own slaves. Yeah, it's it's like a projection. It's crazy. Mm Well, newspapers all across the state reprinted Manley's column, which pissed off a shit ton of white people. A racist, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And these tactics of propaganda spreading continued right up until days before the next election. Tensions were high and racism was at the forefront. During campaigning, white police officers entered black homes, whipped black men, and threatened to kill them if they attempted to vote. And on election day, armed white mobs gathered outside Wilmington polling places, threatening any black person who showed up to vote. Jesus. The result? Democrats won every elected position they ran for. Jesus. So they achieved goal number one, which was to regain political power. And goal number two was next. Eliminate the economic wealth of Wilmington's black citizens and institute a state of white supremacy. 
The day after the election, the Wilmington Democrats published the White Declaration of Independence. Fuck. The White Declaration of Independence. That's such a crazy sentence. It stated, quote, We will no longer be ruled and will never again be ruled by men of African origin. Wow. This new declaration stripped Wilmington's black citizens of the right to vote, demanded that all city jobs held by black men be given to white men, and called for Alex Manley to leave town or else be lynched. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's so fucking crazy. This shit happened. I know. In, in North Carolina. Yeah. Well, Manley immediately left. Yeah, he, he split. And he went north. And it was good timing on his part because the very next morning, hundreds of armed white men burned the black-owned and operated newspaper to the ground. Yeah. Then they marched to City Hall and forced the mayor and city aldermen to resign. As the mob's aggression grew, so did their size. And by the end of the day, there were nearly 2,000 armed militiamen backed by the racist cops and all heavily armed, making their way through Wilmington. Mm -hmm. They murdered at least 60 black residents, though many historians believe the real number of deaths was more like 250 to 300. Yeah, it could have been been how, it could have even been more than that. Who knows? During the terrorizing events, black citizens of Wilmington made calls to the state as well as to the feds, begging for help. Their pleas were ignored. Nobody came to help them. Yeah. In addition to the killings, the mob forced virtually all Wilmington's black middle and upper class citizens to flee town. Once gone, the newly elected local government began instituting Jim Crow segregation policies. It's estimated that more than 100,000 registered black voters fled the city. Yeah, they all just bailed. And no black citizen would serve on Wilmington or in politics in Wilmington for 75 years. Yeah, like it worked. Following the coup and for more than 100 years after, North Carolina's newspapers, media, and even the state-run institutions either obscured or distorted what really happened. Yeah. And by the way, no one was ever arrested or prosecuted for any of the crimes related to the coup. So crazy. Yeah. That's so fucked up. And so I, when I was reading about this, my, my, I just felt, I felt all the feelings. Yeah. And one of them was just anger at the fact that I didn't know this happened. Yeah. And my being a North Carolinian. Every child in North Carolina who goes through the public school system is required to take North Carolina history. I loved that class. We did not learn anything about this in North Carolina history class. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. And that pisses me off. Yeah. 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 It pisses me off too. In all honesty, I took, obviously I'm from South Carolina, so I took South Carolina history and the amount of shit they left out of that is, is ungodly. I can't even tell you. Oh, how, yeah, I'm how sure. much I've learned since then. Yeah. Um, it's insane. I just I had no idea. Yeah. And here I am just like, mm, 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 North Carolina, I know things about my state. Yeah. As it turns out, no, I don't. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know dick. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is freaking crazy. Yeah. I I actually was unfamiliar with the insurrection massacre in Wilmington until th- this week, too. Uh, I heard about it on a 
podcast, an NPR podcast, Into America. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sure we can link to that in the show notes. Yeah. It's, it's a really good uh, podcast, and they interview uh, some of the descendants of people who were involved in that. It's pretty good. Where, on which side? Like the people? Black people. A lady who still lives there. Oh, uh, yeah. Her family didn't leave. They were one of the ones who didn't. Wow, I can't yeah. even imagine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good episode, and I was unfamiliar with it, and very much like you was like, "What the fuck? Like, I'm gonna look I this never... up." Yeah, I mean, to for it to be classified as like the America's only quote successful coup, how mm. is this not something that's just common I don't knowledge? Know. I don't know. It's kind of like in our last episode, I talked about Henry Ford and his anti-Semitism. Ah, I know why because it makes white people look bad. I mean, that's that's. That's the only conclusion I can come to. We can't properly whitewash our history right. if we talk about it. That's the thing. That's the only conclusion I can come to. Yeah. Uh, you could you could argue a lot of things, but to me, this boils down to this is just another example of white supremacy acting the way white supremacy does. And it whitewashes and covers up these types of things because they don't want you to think about it. But why? Like, why do they not want us to think well, about because that? Because, you know, white pride and we don't want to be... Labeled as shitbirds. Yeah, that's so sad. It's messed up. Because what is the saying? Those who don't remember their history are bound to repeat it. Like, uh-huh. and what do you know? Yeah, and what do you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I, I I'm not on a high horse. I, I hope people don't think that we're on our high horse saying oh, if no. you didn't expect this to happen, you're stupid. We didn't expect it either. We knew something could or might happen, yeah. but. No. Yeah. I'm just as ignorant as everyone else, and I'm pissed off about it because yeah, there was I'm people angry who, who were responsible ignorance. for giving us an education in this shit. I know. I'm, I, my, Mrs. Cape, my mm-hmm. eighth grade North Carolina history teacher, we what the learned fuck? about the- She had to have known. We learned about the Lost Colony, and we learned yeah. about the Cherokee, and- we learned about how farming worked in North Carolina yeah. and the settlements and the Scotch-Irish and mm-hmm. the mountains and like never mentioned this Wilmington insurrection. Yeah. What? I have to say, I grew up right off of a street that was Calhoun Street. I went to an elementary school that it, the name since changed, but at the time was called Calhoun Elementary. Mm-hmm. I moved to Charleston where I used to go and sit next to the John C. Calhoun statue at the John C. Calhoun Park. Like... Mm-hmm. He was everywhere, and it didn't. I didn't know that he was a piece of shit racist until maybe ten years ago or yeah. so. Like, yeah, until I was in my late twenties, did it did it come to me through God knows how? I don't even remember that he was like a giant piece of shit. I've since learned that he was even worse than I ever knew. Yeah, and he was probably one of the worst in all of history. And it makes yeah. me wonder how the fuck. Yeah. Like, there were people who were supposed to, who should have been responsible for making sure we knew that stuff, and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it because of white supremacy, because that's what white supremacy does. It's real. It, it, it fills up everything. I said in the last podcast that white supremacy is like a gas, and I've been thinking about that more and more, and it has all the properties of a gas. You can't grab a hold of it. You can't exactly see it, but you know that it's there. Mm-hmm. It fills up every space. It covers every everything. void open space. It penetrates and you can feel it and you can you can see its influence but you you can't pinpoint it it's Mm -hmm. like a ghost and the more i think about it that is a really good metaphor and i don't know i probably didn't invent it but damn it i'm proud of it because that seems to be the way it's it's been throughout all of history and i they spent a lot of time talking about world war ii in school yeah we covered that even in college like i had an entire semester that basically 
um, history stopped at World War II, like mm-hmm. after World War II, and we spent a whole semester on it. Yeah, and it, I, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I'm saying with the amount of time they spent describing the very details of a of a concentration camp. Well, I mean, the reason that we spent all that time is because it makes America and the white good. people look good. Right. That's what I mean is that I find it so interesting that they would have spent, I mean, for me and during my education, every year there was a few weeks that were dedicated to World War II, like every year yeah. throughout my entire education. And a lot of it repeated. And I'm not... I'm not sure why they would spend so much time doing that and not spend any time covering things that happened here that are just as horrible and should teach us even more than World War II teaches us. Yeah. But they didn't because it doesn't make us look good. Yep. And that's because some of the people in charge, even whether consciously or not, have been in filled up with this white supremacist gas. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes you feel almost like you're gaslighted when you start seeing it everywhere. What but- I find most interesting about the the Wilmington coup is the strategy that was used to win over or pull the white folks away from the fusion party. Yeah. So similar. To what they do now, yeah. To what has been happening Look, these people are scary, and they're the reason everything sucks. Using the media, i.e. Fox News or Breitbart or Mm -hmm. Newsmax or whatever YouTube channel Mm -hmm. people are going to go to to get their, quote, news from. Using media to sway people in a direction that's insane. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's... It's, it's repeating. It's history it, yes. repeating. It's so crazy. We're just doing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And and part of the reason is because we don't know. And the other part of the reason is because I guess people are super gullible. I, I guess they're gullible. I think the media, I mean, it really disappoints me what happened in Wilmington and, and the guy Josephus yeah. using the News and Observer to yeah. manipulate people. That's disgusting. But yeah, I mean, the media in general, has been such an upheld and trusted source of information in the U.S. that when it then becomes a tool for manipulation, it's dangerous. It is. It may. It, it makes me want to ask the question. You know, has it? Is it? Is it? Is it anything but? You know, has it ever been anything besides a tool for politics? You know, yes, is there of honest media? It has. There is honest media. Yeah. And I, I, I think that like well over ninety percent of mm-hmm. media is honest and it yeah. is just news and it's just facts and it's reporting. But because so much of it is good, people just trust it. Yeah. And then the bad gets thrown mm-hmm. into the mix and people trust that too. Yeah. I tend to think of it kind of like the the individual reporters and the people doing the news, you know, are are honest and they're just like doing their their best. But then there are people that have actual power above them that yeah. are the ones that are causing all the fuckery. Yes, and they are human beings, and thus they have opinions, and they have biases, and they occasionally let those bleed into Mm -hmm. the information that is sent out. Kind of like a hospital. You know, most of the nurses and doctors are just out there trying their best, Mm -hmm. and the hospital administration wrecks things all the time and causes disasters. Yes. And it's not their their fault, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it might be similar. Excellent comparison. Yes. I think it's very similar. I, I I want to trust the media. I certainly trust, for me, I've, I trust public media. I love PBS and NPR. Those are NPR, my... NPR, independent news sources. My favorite sources, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. 
um, the BBC even. I I trust them, but I still don't even trust exactly what they choose to cover necessarily. Like sometimes there's... I definitely think even the most like kind of fair news can be a little bit yeah uh, skewed. And sometimes I see the the all news getting distracted by one thing when another thing's happening, and it's frustrating because well, the television news is definitely um, not innocent in like being biased and swayed and yeah. you know we've even noticed it in watching um the comparison between like msnbc and fox news covering the same story the same story and how they choose to cover it yeah you know there's definitely bias on both sides it's fascinating because i like i said it makes you wonder how could we do it where that didn't happen i don't know if there's a way i mean you really have to newspapers yeah. I feel like, with exception of this Josephus guy, <laughs> I do feel like newspapers in general are probably your best source mm-hmm. for, like, actual, factual... Hard news, yeah. News. Yeah. I, th- I, I think I agree. Mm-hmm. So support your local papers out there if you're listening. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really important thing to end on. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say it again. Support your local papers, everybody. Yeah, do it. And if you like what you heard... You can find our website on the internet. Carolinasnowflakes.com You can always find us on Facebook where we like to talk about crazy things. And and sometimes we share really good memes. And share memes. And, <laughs> you know, we're trying to support our local news. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash Carolinasnowflakes. And if you thought you knew all this stuff and we're just a bunch of idiots reciting things that everybody knows, then let us know. Send us an email. Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.